Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. We're so excited to jump into today's episode, but before we do, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow co host, Sama Dahoud. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How's it going? It's going well. So, today's podcast is about all things messy and the move to Inter Miami and MLS, and how, you know, stop me if, if I sound a little crazy, but how this is the biggest move in American sports history, American soccer history, maybe American sports history. Possibly American soccer <laughs> history for sure. It's it's hard to to measure given that this is an international play. It's someone who's never played in the U.S. He plays for a sport that's way more popular outside the U.S., where the quality of play is also superior to the quality of play in the U.S. So it would be like I don't know uh, Patrick Mahomes just going and playing in freaking France <laughs> or something like that, like where. <laughs> It's something yeah, like that where they don't know. play tackle football very well. Right. Or LeBron going to play for the Shanghai Sharks or whatever those. Sure. <laughs> one of <Yeah>. those teams. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then speaking of that, it just sounds so crazy to say, how did this happen? How did we get to the point where Messi, who some people call the greatest soccer player of all time, if he's not the best, then he's in that Mount Rushmore with Pele and Maradona and Ronaldo, whatever depends on probably what jersey you're wearing at the time or what you know whoever you ask but how did this happen man how did he come to miami the seeds were planted way before this it started when part of david beckham's deal to the mls was that he would be given the exclusive and rare contingency to start his own mls team uh, when he played for the galaxy so he partnered up with miami-based billionaire jorge mas and they started into Miami a couple of years ago. It was purported by legendary producer Mike Ryan of the Lebertard Show. He's really plugged into Inter Miami. He reported it two years ago that my Inter Miami is going to make a run at Messi at some point in the next couple of years. And he was right. If Fabrizio Romano was totally schooled on this, he kept saying in January that this was a done deal. Uh, and completely ignored the inter part of this strangely enough never really acknowledged that there was going to be an a possibly an inter deal uh, but that's how this came up i mean the, the, we can get into the specifics of the deal in a bit but this was planted a long time ago yeah obviously something like this doesn't happen overnight it's not gonna uh, it's not a midnight deadline day transfer type thing especially with it seems like how complicated and unique the deal is and i think we wanted to talk about that for sure is that this is not just a regular straight up, you know, here's your salary, here's your uh, weekly bonus, here's a, a, a couple incentives here and there. It's really unique because of the type of player and the type of persona that Messi is. So what do you know about some of the the financial implications of the deal or some of the, you know, uh, unusual elements to this contract? Well, what we know is that he turned down uh... – $1.3 billion from Saudi Arabia, which is absurd. Yeah. We, can we touch on that real quick? Can we talk about why? <laughs> how, do you, how do you get to the point in your life where you can turn down $1.5 billion? That is, that is a, that's $500 million times three, just in case people need to contextualize that. So 
Yeah, so he he turned down the one point five billion dollar deal. Do you know why, or was there any reporting as to why he did that? I think the reporting was his wife or family didn't want to live in Saudi Arabia, which sounds pretty you know understandable given that they spent all their lives in Spain. He was he's been in Spain since he was like thirteen years old, uh, playing for the Barcelona Youth Academy. So it totally makes sense that he didn't want to play in Saudi Arabia and his family didn't want to play in Saudi Arabia. They basically said, there's not enough money in the world, guys, for me to come play in Saudi Arabia. There isn't enough of it. I don't care about your offer. I, I wonder like how high they would have had to go for it to happen. Like, could you turn down $2 billion, two and a half billion? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like at some point, uh, because I know he's making just from his his actual soccer stuff just you know his on the field play he's making i think 150 million in 2 years two and a half years but yeah is there <laughs> did you think there is a number that he could have reached and been like you know what maybe Saudi Arabia is not so bad <laughs> i don't think so i think once you turn down a billion dollars you really don't give a damn the the other part of this though that was a wild card that inter miami didn't see coming was barcelona potentially bringing Messi back for a reunion. But from what it seems like, Barcelona is like a teenager with multiple credit cards that are completely maxed out uh, with no repercussions whatsoever. Doesn't have to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy or anything like that. Just just living life uh, in, in billions of dollars of debt. And I don't think he found it feasible for him to go. There was a, It seemed like it rubbed him the wrong way to some degree. And he's like, it's not, doesn't make sense for me to go back there. It did. It rubbed him the wrong way because of the way he left and the, the circumstances around that. Yeah. I don't think he liked that. He just kind of left and because of, Mm -hmm. because they couldn't afford him Mm -hmm. is really why he left. I don't think he actually wanted to leave. He was miserable. It didn't seem like he had that fun, much fun in Paris. Uh, It was very short. Yeah. If it was great, he would have stayed. He didn't want to live Mm -hmm. in Paris. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just don't think that he, and I don't think it felt right to him that to come back, given that they were crushed financially. I think he cares too much about Barcelona, just to come in as some sort of savior when they can't actually pay anybody anything. Yeah, and he's. I mean, we can talk about guys like taking discounts and stuff like that, but he knows his worth, and like you said, he probably cares too much about the club to come and kind of weigh them down with his albatross of a contract, especially at, at his age. So, yeah, but some of the other stuff in the contract, what what makes this messy contract unique compared to, you know, maybe some of the other big name guys that have come across and like Zlatan, et cetera? Yeah, this, this deal is nuts because it there's profit sharing with him and the MLS and Apple and Adidas with, alongside his own playing contract. So uh, Apple and MLS have kind of strangely put the MLS behind a paywall of $15 a month, which is pretty steep for a league that, look, let's face it, isn't really that popular right now to yeah. warrant the $15, even if the production quality is great. That's a lot. It's not every so. match, but but for the most part, yeah. When I'm I'm on the weekends and I'm you know I'm looking at a game I might want to watch, it is on the Apple TV Plus. So it's a, it is unfortunate that it's behind the paywall. Yep, yep. And so it, there's that. And so he's going to get uh, a haircut on, of that. He's going to getting a piece of that uh, for every new subscription that's generated as a result of him coming to the U.S. And I think, to be honest, it, it's going to save them 
because I don't really know what the numbers were initially for this, but it's going to increase their subscription. It's the only place you can watch it. And it's more that can be said for Cristiano Ronaldo, who might as well be playing on Jupiter. And I wonder, like, what their strategy is going to be with that, because, you know, for a lot of people, they'll probably pay that $15 a month. But do they also say, you know, maybe we should put Messi on, like, the free Fox game of the week or the free FS1 game of the week? Maybe they do a little bit of both to draw up uh, – Interest maybe like his midweek games are only on on the the Apple TV Plus, but the weekend games I don't know, but yeah, it's it that's and I think you said Adidas too, so he's going to get a percentage of jersey sales, which I'm sure are going to skyrocket because people want that messy ten on a on a pink Inter Miami jersey. But and and speaking of like drumming up interest, Inter Miami now has I think the last time I checked a couple days ago they have eight million Instagram followers, and that's more than any NFL team. Any MLB team, any NHL team, of course, and I think more than all but like four NBA teams. It's like the Warriors, Lakers, Cap, basically anywhere LeBron played. <laughs> Those three teams, and then like the Bulls. I think just because the 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 lingering Jordan effect twenty years later. But yeah, I, I I'm curious to see what kind of interest that he drums up and how these subscription numbers go up, but. Is there anything else? And I heard rumors of an MLS subsidy from other clubs. I don't know if that came true, but do you know anything about that? He'll, he'll get to purchase a minority stake in the club, uh, which I think is what adds value to it. Because, the, I mean, to even it's still not going to be close to the Saudi Arabia deal. But at least, you know, the value of the club is going to increase as a result of him coming. And it'll continue to go up. So I think what this does is accelerate timelines if the MLS executes it right. So do you know what Beckham's role was? I mean, he's, I guess, team president, team owner. Do you know how much of a role he played in, in trying to bring Messi across? I I think he played a big part in it. I think that, you know, that there was the uh, – obviously, they're familiar with each other a bit, being in the same space. So he played a part in, in recruiting Messi I think that Jorge Mas and that Latino community, there's a huge Cuban Latino community um, in Miami. Messi has a house in Miami. So I think that the Beckham effect helped here. Yep. And he was able to probably tell his story, right? Like, hey, I got this option uh, of $25 million to put money into a club. You can get something like this too. Uh, you can sell your stake in the club if you want. It's going to be worth it. I'm sure they were able to sell this on him, uh, sell this to him, saying like life after soccer with Adidas. Mm-hmm. This is like... Nike and LeBron. It's like a lifetime billion-dollar contract, basically. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Beckham was an Adidas athlete, too, so they have that that connection, and we know how the it, – it almost comes to a point where, like, the your sponsor matters more than your club. I remember for a long time it was like Cristiano's a Nike athlete, and he's playing on Real Madrid, and there was, which is an Adidas club, and there was all these rumors about Nike helping fund a move to a, a, a Nike-sponsored club and things like that, so – I think these ties run maybe even deeper than any other like club ties or anything like that. So, but let, let's talk about some of the other big time players that have come here. I mean, we can go way, way back in the time machine where, where Pele is playing. Okay. I have a question about the MLS. That's yeah. Do you please. know that their their soft salary cap is like four point nine million dollars, five million dollars. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Messi is supposed to make sixty million dollars, according to Jorge Mas. What? There- Listen, there is there the MLS is the most unique 
league in the world when it comes to salary cap and <laughs> cap considerations and the moves you have to make. Like they use terms like general allocation money and team allocation money, and they have lotteries and like bids that you can place on foreign players. Like you can buy the rights to a foreign player. Basically, like if you're the Chicago Fire or something, you can buy the rights to Messi and then sell them if someone else wants to bring Messi in on a transfer. Things like that. It's really, really bizarre. Like, And they always find ways to circumvent this. So they have the salary cap, and then they have like these – they call DP spots. They're called like yeah. designated player spots, which like don't count towards the salary cap. And I think I, – hopefully I don't get crucified by, by MLS fans for messing this up. But the DP spots are – I think paid by the league in general, like it's, it's part of the revenue sharing that's covering that, that, uh, that salary. So yeah, you're going to have Messi playing with a dude, you know, some 19 year old kid that got drafted from, I don't know, Wake Forest or something. He's making 60 K a year, 70 K a year. And he's playing in the same lineup next to Messi. It's just it, the whole, the inequality of it, everything is just so bizarre. So I, I didn't know that was a soft salary cap, but yeah, that covers like what a month of of messy, okay. not even a month, like three weeks worth of, of messy games. It's a very soft salary cap. It's uh, as Kobe Bryant would say, charming soft. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I have no idea, man. It honestly, like, it's it's the most confusing thing. If you think like mid level exception and the bird rights and all that stuff is confusing, just like come to MLS financial Twitter, and it's it's the most bizarre thing. You see all kinds of acronyms <laughs> and stuff thrown around that that don't make any sense, but. Yeah, so I mean, comparing it to the Pele move, which was, you know, sixty years ago or whatever, like, how does this compare? Is there any? Is does the Pele move even, like, is it a blip on the radar compared to this? The Pele move was massive. It was massive. Like Pele, I think we talked about this at some point after he passed away. Was able to like, there was a ceasefire between two countries because they wanted to watch him play. Like he was larger than life. And what was it, the New York Cosmos? They had him and Franz yeah. Beckenbauer play, I think. Yeah, and there's uh, a couple other big names that were playing in, on these teams. Uh, George Gerd Bass, Muller, who yeah, was like Gerd a goal-scoring machine from Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is equivalent to that, but there's just more commercialization. This is definitely as large. Like, if Pelé played today and came here, it would be freaking nuts. It would be totally crazy. It would be very similar, I think. Yeah, Pele is he's one of the guys that passed like the mom test where it's like if you ask your mom, do you know who Pele is? She's like, yeah, I don't I don't can't tell you anything about him. Probably can't tell you what team he plays for other than Brazil, but I remember my dad telling me that uh, you know, in Egypt in the 60s or 70s, they were watching uh the the World Cup games in black and white and everybody knew who Pele was and he was like a global superstar. And it's the same thing with Messi. If you ask your mom who Messi is, she definitely knows who he is. She probably couldn't tell you like his, you know, expected goals numbers and things like that. But she knows who he is and she'll tell you what he looks like. Oh, yeah, he sells Pepsi and he plays for Argentina, that kind of thing. So it, what about the Beckham move? This was, you know, much later. How does that compare, which obviously Beckham played a major role in bringing Messi across. But how does that compare to this Messi move? At the time, the Beckham move was pretty massive. I think it did kind of pave the way for other players to come, I think, a lot sooner than they would have. Because, I mean, he put a lot on the line. He was a very popular player at the time. He's not one of the greatest players of all time, but definitely a talented player that um, and I think took it to the next level of being these guys kind of more in the twilight of their careers, uh, 
coming to America, which we can maybe get to a little bit later. But I think, yeah, this this absolutely dwarfs that, though. This is like that times 100. <laughs> and I think what, what makes Beckham move a little bit different, he was still pretty young. He was, I think, 30 or 31 when he came across. So, like, people joke about MLS being the retirement league, and you got guys like Lampard and Steven Gerrard coming in their late 30s. But Beckham was still – I'd say that's still prime of your career if you're 30, 31, 32 years old. You played here for a few years. So I think in terms of that, that's probably the only way it's it's completely different because Messi is, what, 36, 35 at this point? 35, so, yeah. So, I mean, maybe he plays another four or five years. But I guess, uh, I mean, in terms of, like, the commercial aspect of it, were there any special concessions other than him owning, you know, getting the option to own a team? Do you know of any special concessions that came as part of the Beckham deal? Did he get a revenue sharing deal with Adidas? <laughs> or- no, I don't think I don't think he did. I don't think I think he got a pretty nice contract at the time, given what MLS players were probably getting. It was probably insulting to some degree <laughs> as to how much more he was getting. Uh, but I don't. I, the only other thing was the twenty-five million dollar player option to buy stake in a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously that's come to fruition with Inter Miami, and he's going to just be printing money, uh, just like they're printing messy shirts uh, at the Adidas factory right now. So, I mean, it's really interesting to think about how far soccer has come since the Beckham move. You know, just just from a anecdotal perspective, like what are some of the changes that you've seen in popularity or access or anything like that that have sh- that show obviously how far soccer has come in like the 20 years or 15 years since since he played here uh post beckham i think just more Mm -hmm. stadiums have been built just for mls teams across the country like the uh i think the atlanta united or something have their own team uh there's a couple they play play at mercedes-benz they play where the okay but someone had there's a couple teams that that built their own uh, their own More than a couple, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I don't have them off the top of my head, but that's what I know is I think a big deal is once you can start Inter Miami too. I think they have their own little park mm-hmm. and they're building another one that they've put, uh, planned because they've really put their eggs in this messy basket that this will help accelerate building their, their new parks. So I think that's a huge thing when you you don't you're not sharing with baseball or football. Um, that's a huge step towards mm-hmm. making more money as as a club. Yeah, there's a few that that still share, like Seattle shares with the Seahawks, and like you said Atlanta yep. United shares with the Falcons. Um, NYCFC for some reason still plays at Yankee Stadium uh, in like the <laughs> weirdest shaped field you'll ever see. But there's a ton of, of other ones, even just ones that I've been to myself. Like uh, I went to Avaya Stadium, or I guess PayPal Park, where the pa- Earthquakes PayPal. play. Yeah. The Philadelphia Union have their own stadium outside Philly. The New York Red Bulls. It's becoming more and more common. There's a lot of like that the buzzword or buzz phrase was soccer specific stadium, where instead of trying to fill a 60, 70 K seat like football stadium, you're going to build maybe it's like a 15 to 20, 25,000 seater soccer specific stadium, which obviously is much more realistic for MLS. So for me, I think just anecdotally, I think it's just soccer is just much, a bit much bigger part of like the daily conversation. Uh, the water cooler talk, whatever you want to call it, social media talk. I mean, it's to an extent, I think it's overtaken hockey in terms of like the cultural zeitgeist of what people talk about. It, it, not not just MLS in general, but soccer as a as an entity because people talk about the Champions League and the Premier League and all that stuff because it's on TV every week. 
it's easy to find. It's on ESPN Plus or NBC Sports, whatever. So I think it's definitely surpassed hockey, maybe baseball at some point. I don't know. Is that – it sounds like – No, I think that's – to say. I think it's it is, it's blasphemous. Uh, I think <laughs> it's going to take time. I, I, I think that – if you're, I forgot his, the guy's name. I think it might be David, David something. Sorry, uh, that runs the MLS. I think the way he's looking at it is not to supplant hockey and be the new four in the big four, but to just have a big five and say, look, there's more than enough piece of the pie to go around. Uh, the time of your MLS is on. There's plenty of fan width to go around. It's really just <laughs> baseball and Joey Chestnut right now, given that we're in June and July. So I think that he's got uh, a, a pretty ni- a nice opportunity uh, to be next to everyone else. But like I said earlier, they're behind. They're mm-hmm. of all the sports in America, they're not the premier sport. They would the, the MLS teams, the USA national team are are inferior to a lot of the other clubs uh, around the world. So they, they have some work to do. This is a small step to that. It's a popularity gamble. Yeah. What it's not is a quality of play gamble. You could take the amount of money spent on Messi and maybe get 25 great prospects and make the league more competitive instead. But here mm-hmm. we are. Messi's here and people will get more eyeballs. Uh, but quality of play, I don't know how much that'll change uh, over time. Yeah, I mean, more eyeballs means more money, means more money spent on those prospects. I know they focused a lot on... Uh, South and Central American players, bringing them up. And I, I, I forgot, I think it was The Athletic. They wrote an article about how it's in like in an ironic twist, MLS is helping these other CONCACAF national teams develop players because they're going from a place like, I don't know, Honduras or Panama where infrastructure is not great and their the salaries aren't great. And they're playing in, in MLS, which has all of this stuff available to them. And they're becoming better players, and of course, their national teams are becoming better, and it's making things harder for the men's national team. But it's not—they're not the same entity, so it doesn't really matter. But I, I think, in terms of quality, like you said, it's—it's it's probably playing the long game, where that messy money and the eyeballs and all these eight million followers on on Inter Miami—they're not just going to disappear when Messi retires. Maybe they'll stick around, keep watching games. But the the main thing you brought up about the the time that or the calendar that they and the advantage that they have i think is that's their biggest advantage is i think they play from february to i want to say october november so maybe if they push that up a little bit and they start in january maybe too cold to play in some places that's the issue with like weather related challenges nobody wants to play soccer in new york city in january but they have that window in the summer where someone like me that's you know kind of starving for weekend sports content and weekend sports things to just yeah exactly right i got i have the fan with like you said i'm itching for something to watch it's i'm i'm gonna be the kind of guy that's like you know maybe i will pay those 15 dollars for uh for mls plus or whatever the hell it's called on apple tv so that's their big advantage and having a guy like messi is gonna like like we said drive those those eyeballs and those dollars and eventually it's going to lead to more improvements down the road like inter miami is going to build a new stadium probably off the backs of this deal, maybe they'll build an academy, et cetera, et cetera. So one thing I wanted to talk about was how Messi compares to some of the other big-time players that have come to MLS, maybe in terms of obviously he's the most talented, best career, all that stuff. But at this point in his career, what what do you first – do you see him having a huge on-the-field impact? 
immediately like Beckham or Henri, where they want a, a supporter shield, or is he going to be more of like a Lampard, Gerard, Pirlo type that's there to sell shirts and kind of loaf around in midfield and not not win anything? What do you think? It's interesting. I th- I think he'll be great uh, as a as a playmaker in terms of the amount of space he'll provide. I think he'll be really great um, in the MLS. Obviously, he still is is playing well. I think he the difference with PSG winning the French league was like a free kick he hit last minute a couple of months ago. It's like the main difference for them winning the league the league uh, title. So I think uh, in MLS, I think he'll be really good. His impact will be different. Those guys didn't have as near as much as Im- the same impact at that point when they came to the MLS, right? Like your Schweinsteigers and your Gerards and all that. I, I don't think they they came here for a reason. I think in this guy's case, he had offers elsewhere and he just took one that, that made sense for him long term. When we were talking about some of the other players, it's I didn't even think of Schweinsteiger. There's so many. Like it used to be <laughs> just Beckham, and then it was uh, kind of a mid-tier guy. You're like, oh, Robbie Keane. He might have had the best impact. He was here for a while, and he was he was really good for the Galaxy. He was damn good. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was just like we were like, oh yeah, Drogba. That's I forgot about him. I forgot about Kaká in Orlando, and uh, you know you mentioned Schweinsteiger in Chicago, like. They come, and then there's there's other like lesser guys that balled out. Giovinco, I guess David Villa is <laughs> not a lesser guy, but there's just so many of them. Uh, let's uh, just real quick: Have you gone out of your way to see any of these guys play? Like when they came to San Jose, or if you were in town somewhere else, like have you actively sought them out? I watched an MLS game and didn't know anyone playing on either side. Maybe Chris <laughs> Wondolowski because it was a San okay. Jose game. But sure. I didn't know anyone else playing. Uh, but I watched on TV. I'm like, oh, wow, Pirlo's here. Oh, God. And then they're just kind of doing cardio out there. There's nothing exciting about it. Yeah, I think the latest one was like Gareth Bale, even though I don't think he did anything for L.A. except he scored uh, the equalizer in the, the MLS Cup final and they ended up winning. He was another guy. I completely <laughs> forgot. He just, he, was, he just walked off the bench and scored a game-winning goal. Yeah. Basically, he was here for like six months. But... I mean, I've I've gone out of my way to like when I was living in Philadelphia, I drove up to New Jersey to see Drogba play uh, against the Red Bulls. Well worth it. Uh, I, I saw I tried to see Lampard in Philadelphia, but he didn't play. That's the other thing is these guys are old, so they're just like taking games off. There's a lot of load management things happen. I think there's going to be at some point someone's going to buy someone's going to pay like 10x the usual cost to see Messi, and they're going to be like, oh, he's not playing because he's on turf. So like, yeah. but I, yeah, there's a couple other guys that I've, I've gone out of my way to see and same thing on TV. Like if I know that I've, I've added into Miami to my favorites on Fop Mob. So I'm going to, if I'm not going to watch the game, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be aware of what's happening and look for highlights. So this stuff works, man. The, this, uh, they call it a retirement league. They can make fun of it, but I tried to see Drago play as often as I could Lampard, et cetera. So this stuff works, man. It's good marketing. You need stars at the end of the day, and it's hard to make them. That's eventually going to have to be a reality at some point to make stars here. Like Landon Donovan was probably the best homegrown player of all time in MLS. He won a bunch of MLS Cups. Um, so I, I think that will be the evolution of it. But for now, you're going to need more guys over the hill willing to come play here and make less money. Yeah, I think like the sweet spot is 
develop these young South American, Central American guys or, or American guys until they're in their like mid twenties, sell them off for a ton of money, rinse and repeat. Yeah. You know, you think of guys like Miguel Almiron that's doing really well in Newcastle. And he was a homegrown star at Atlanta United. Um, and then Thiago the Almada. Yeah, there you go. There's a, a lot of guys that, that went overseas from MLS, had great success, came back. Um, and then, of course, keep investing in the retirement league. People can joke about it, but it works. <laughs> it makes we, sense. We, as a league, the MLS must become Atletico Madrid and Benfica and Porto and these teams that like get stars and then sell them for a bunch of money and, and use that to reinvest. Exactly. hundred uh, percent. I think recently there was a kid that got sold to somewhere in Germany from a USL pro team. So that's like the Oakland roots minor league for a million dollars. And this was the first time that's ever happened. He's like a young kid. I want to say in, in Dallas, like the, the Dallas USL pro team. So like these thresholds are being broken. And again, with with the likes of Messi coming over and the investment that's going to come from these fans, from outside, from foreign investments, all this stuff is going to kind of exponentially grow and increase. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get a little hot takey. Uh, do you think we we talked a little bit about this? Do you think that Messi is going to experience some MLS culture shock with how? wildly different things are here in this league yes everywhere he's going to experience <laughs> it as soon as he like the practice so i just read this uh last night that the the practice facility for inter miami is like in a parking they have to cross a parking lot to get to the stadium so can you imagine Lionel messi I'm walking dying. from the practice facility <laughs> <laughs> they have to like parachute him in or something. There's like no way he's going to walk across a parking lot to get to what, wherever it is they play. I think he's going to see that only like 15,000, 17,000 people fit in this like Fort Lauderdale. To him, it's going to look like a shack that they play in. And then, you know, and it's going to be everywhere. Like Lionel Messi is going to be in Minnesota. Lionel Messi is going to be in Portland. Lionel Messi <laughs> I mean, he's he's been to the U. I know it's funny that it's hilarious to think about because the best memes I've seen so far are just like the the fish out of water messy memes. Like you know, what's he gonna do after he scores four goals against you know, the Chicago Fire? And it's like a picture a meme of him driving. He's like driving down Lakeshore Boulevard, and there's gunshots in the background. They're like, oh, Messi's <laughs> you know he's lived in uh, in Barcelona and Paris, but wait till he goes to Cincinnati and has some skyline chili for the first time. And it's just, and it's just hilarious thing about this guy's spent his entire career since he was what eight years old, playing on like manicured pitches where they probably cut each blade of grass with, with tiny scissors, and then he's playing in the biggest clubs in the world. He's playing for one of the best national teams in the world, and then it's like, hey, you're playing in a shack in Fort, like not even in Miami. It's Fort Lauderdale. I don't know if you've been to Fort Lauderdale. It's not a very yeah. impressive place. So, yeah. I mean, aside from that, like, I don't think. What I, I think is, is going to be really funny to to experience is the social media reaction from people that have never watched an MLS game and like all these foreign fans because Messi is going to come with his billions of, of foreign fans from all over the world that are going to be probably waking up in the middle of the night to watch him play against on a Cruz Azul in the League's Cup in a couple of weeks. And or in the MLS, I just I think they're just going to it's just going to be a culture shock for how 
weird MLS is compared to these other leagues. Like they play on turf in a lot of places. I don't know if he's ever played a game on turf. I don't know if, it, you know, a lot of guys, they don't play on turf because of their knees and stuff like that. I think the, the travel that he's going to experience, I think it's, I had to look this up because I know they used to do uh, like regular flights. They used to fly, uh, you know, on, on commercial flights, but now they get chartered flights. Can you imagine Messi like at a gate waiting for, you know, a Southwest <laughs> flight? <laughs> like here, a Southwest flight from, uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale airport to, I don't know, Midway in Chicago. Cause they don't fly to O'Hare. Like I just, thankfully they're they're They have chartered flights. Now they have money. But I just see, I just picture all this and it just cracks me up. But the distances he's going to travel, like they have a game against St. Louis. That's 1,300 miles away. That's like a Champions League trip to, I don't know, Berlin or, or Munich or something. Like, or, or they play uh, LA at some point in August. That's 3,000 whole miles. Like, I don't know if he's ever done that. And I wonder just like that and then the physicality of MLS, the heat, like, Austin, F, they're going to play Austin at some point in the summer. It's going to be like 95 degrees, like 90% humidity. And I think all of that is going to contribute to the culture shock. But do you think anything else that comes up with MLS that's just so weird and different that he think he's going to be like, where the hell am I playing right now? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, I don't know how what Spain looks like in some of the other places he goes to. Like, I don't know how Cordoba compares to cincinnati i just don't know i might be saying saying that kind of snarkly but it could be a beautiful place i don't know but i, I think that the you know it's funny the gun culture thing i didn't even think about <laughs> is how that's i don't think it's going to matter i don't think he's going to be john hanging out with john Morant or anything like that uh, i think what might surprise him and taylor twelman said this recently is thierry Henry told him he was surprised by how fast and athletic everybody is in MLS, that might come as a shock to him. Like, God damn, I, I can't outrun anybody here. Like, th- th- I thought that this was going to be easy. That might surprise him. Yeah, and, and it sounds crazy to say, but it's like these are some of – I mean, they're, they're not the most skilled athletes, but if you're playing against a 21, 22-year-old kid, American kid, like, I mean, America, for the most part, we probably have the best athletes in the world, just pure athletes, right? I think we can say that. And obviously they're not going to be nowhere near as skilled as some of the guys that he's played with or played against. But I think that's the other thing is the physicality and speed of MLS might be a little different. You know, obviously they're not skilled or, or technical the way they are in, in France or some of these other leagues. But I mean, is it, again, I don't want to sound too hot takey, but is it, could he struggle to adapt at first, at least for the, to the physical side of the game? I think it'll be interesting because it also depends on his teammates. It's not a good team into Miami, and uh, they tanked basically to make sure they could afford him. They had they're the last place right now. Um, I think there are a couple of games. There's like nine spots. They do a playoff. It's not like the Premier League or Spain where they don't do playoffs, but American sports they do playoffs here for everything. So I think uh, that'll be interesting to see how the quality he provides if that affects. Their quality of play, if you get a perfect pass sent to you, delivered to you on a pillow for Messi, do you have the touch to bring it down? Or do we need to get more Busquetses and Jordi Albas and other 45-year-old uh, La Liga players over here to play with him? Yeah, I've heard that some some variation of that joke like a million times. It's like Messi's going to play this this perfect pass and then he's going to hit some 
you know, again, 19, 20 year old kid on loan from a USL club making 90 K a year. And he's going to sky it, you know, out of the stadium because <laughs> it's such a small, small place to play. It's like, obviously he's one of the greatest players of all time. Don't get me wrong. But I think at his age with the physicality, with the heat, with the travel, with the, the playing on turf, all that stuff, I could see him struggle at least a little bit to adapt. You know, I, we've seen other yeah, guys do it. Maybe right? Spain's hot as hell too. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But they don't play in the summer. That's the difference. They That's play true. in the They play in the fall and, and winter and then through the, the early spring. So I'm not saying, I mean, Barcelona gets warm too, for sure. But he's not playing a full game in August. You know, or, or at least not in July. So I think that's, that's true. the key difference. He did just play in Qatar for a couple, a couple of weeks. Maybe he got in, some in, practice in. In the winter. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of winter, they moved the whole World Cup just for that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to be wrong. I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, you know, just taking this position for the hell of it. But I really think there's been other guys that have struggled for that same reason. I mean, he's head and shoulders above... Uh, Gerard and Lampard and Andrea Pirlo and some of these other guys, Kaká, et cetera, that have struggled in the MLS. But, yeah, I, I could see him scoring a ton of goals, a ton of free kick goals and set-piece goals just because he's that damn good. But I could also see him struggling to, you know, perform in the same way week in, week out. So, I don't know. But you, you talked about Miami and the fact that so they're currently seven points out of the playoffs, but it's only halfway through the season. I would expect with the messy bump with some of the other guys that you mentioned, are, is there is there any concrete links with with Busquets and Jordi Alba and some of the other guys, or is it just some names being thrown around by Fabrizio Romano? Uh, well, so super producer Mike Ryan also confirmed months ago that Busquets is coming, so Busquets okay. will be here as well. I don't know how that's going to work. I read that he'll have to take a significant discount. He already did at Barcelona. He took like a huge discount. He only made like $8 million <laughs> last year at Barcelona. He would have to, I think, I don't know how they're going to finesse it, but it would be like $2 million or something like that. It's like the most they could pay him uh, mm-hmm. at Inter Miami. The other one was supposed to be Angel Di Maria, but it looks like Benfica is going to sign him through next year. So it's believed that he'll join next year. Okay. Uh, Luis Suarez, I think, is on the verge of retiring. He just has significant mm-hmm. knee issues. He has a buyout clause with the Brazilian club he plays for a Grêmio or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tata Martino is the other piece that's going to join. Not a player, yeah, but a coach who Messi adores, who I think he knows going back to Newell old boys club or whatever the name of that club is in Argentina. Yeah, that's right. Or just I think Tata was the, uh, the coach at Atlanta United for a while, so he knows MLS. Won a title there. Is, yeah, yep. which is a big a big plus for them. Didn't do so well with the Mexican national team, but they're kind of in a down period, so you can't blame him for that. But, yeah, I mean, it's maybe they don't do too much this season. Hopefully they get to the playoffs. I'm sure MLS is going to cook the books a little bit, pull Adams over, <laughs> make sure they get it. It's only seven points. They can get in as yeah. a seven or eight seed, which is probably another concept to him that's foreign. He's like, wait, what? There's playoffs? What do you guys? There's, you mean there's it's no not time, over you know? after? The, <laughs> like you guys cut it short and play more? That's weird. Yeah, right? It's like, oh, is this the Champions League? No, no, it's the same thing. Just, wait, but there's a trophy? Yeah, there's a trophy for this, and there's a trophy at the end. Don't worry about it. 
I think that's going to be a lot of it. Just like Messi, just like show up. You don't have to train. Just show up at, you know, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and put, we'll have your jersey in the locker. You can just show up and play. <laughs> uh, but it looks like next year, it sounds like if these other guys are coming. Again, with MLS, there's all these ways that they can. It's not shady because it's, it's all uh, in the light, but it's a lot of like kind of, uh, yeah, they're cooking the books. They're making sure that they can afford these salaries. They're doing the DP thing and the general allocation. But it's just, just basically don't worry about it. It's going to happen at some point. You know, he's going to make, Busquets is going to make a million dollars a year before I can like live in Messi's uh, pool house or something like that. So he's not going to be worried. So, but they'll make it happen. They'll make it happen. Mateo Lajas, very controversial La Liga. It's bad when you know the referee's name, the one in La Liga <laughs> with the 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 cul-de-sac haircut. He's got the, kind of the yeah. Paul Feinbaum, the guy who threw gave like, I think he refereed that Argentina Netherlands game. He referees a lot of these like El Clasico games, and there are always riots whenever he referees them. Just get them over here. Get a couple of red cards extra per game to the other team just to keep MLS in contention. Yeah, and they'll have a couple extra water breaks, you know, when they're playing in the 95 degree Miami August heat. So, are you going to go? I know he's only coming to the West Coast once. He's coming to LA. I think we talked about this and like the the insane ticket prices. But do you think you'll go see him? I know you have some family in LA. Would you make the trip down to see Messi, or would you wait till next year? I'll wait till next year and hope I can get a better deal than four hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, no thanks. I mean, I love the guy. I never paid more than 300 to see Steph Curry. And, you know, that's just down the street. I'm not doing that for LA. But, but you're a Barcelona fan. So at some point, you're going to have to do it, right? I'll still be a fan, even if I never see him. <laughs> It'll be fine. $400 <laughs> is a lot of money to watch uh, anybody. Yeah. And there's obviously the fact that he could not show up. But, the, I mean, in terms of the ticket prices, it it's at least uh, so my, my brother lives on the East Coast. He lives in Virginia. And he was looking at um, either the Red Bulls game or Charlotte FC. And I I want to say it's anywhere between like 10 to 15x the, the price between a regular Charlotte game and and they play at the same stadium as the Panthers. So that's a 60, 70k seater. So you might be sitting in the 300s and you're just watching this little speck running around and that's oh yeah, that's messy. I think you got your binoculars out to make sure. But yeah, I mean I I don't maybe next year if they do play San Jose That'd be cool to see it to come out and see him, but yeah, the the prices are just bonkers for that. I will pay a premium to see him in San Jose. It's like ten minutes from my house, so that that's fine. I will, yeah, I will it'll do, be I'm a, just not. I'm not driving to Los Angeles though. <laughs> be a nice intimate night with eighteen thousand of your your fellow Messi fanboys <laughs> trying to watch. That's like going to be a. Week. He's like, there's an airport here. What? <laughs> Why is the airport so close? It's literally across the street. For those of you that yeah. don't know, the earthquakes play in. It's a lovely stadium. Lovely. It's, yeah, it it's, is nice. It's nice. It's new. It opened. I want to say in 2015 or something. So it's new. It's modern. It has a standing section. You know, for the uh, for the supporters group. So it's got a you know, European flair. It probably looks like a lot of those smaller club European stadiums. I think it seats like seventeen, eighteen thousand. But it is quite literally across the street from San Jose Airport. So. You know, he's probably lining up for a corner kick and he just sees like a 747 flying over his head. I think, honestly, that's... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably like the thing I'm most looking forward to is just all the memes and the the videos and just, you know, again, some of the culture shock. I'm sure he'll give some interviews to the Spanish language uh, channels of talking about, 
just all the the things that that he's uh, he's experiencing for the first time. And as a casual, somewhat casual MLS fan, I'm just excited for seeing the league grow in new ways. Like I never could have imagined that that he would come here of all people. Like you know, we've gotten a lot of the second tier stars or even like the superstars that come, they come for a year or something and, and dip out at the end of their career. But he's going to be here for two and a half years, hopefully. So, yeah, I'm just excited for everything that's going to come. It's a major it. coup. It's a major coup. Like if I'm some of the other uh, commissioners of other U.S. sports, I'm like, God damn it, this has taken eyeballs away from my sport. You know, I yeah. think in, in September when – the NFL is on if Inter Miami is still competing that's going to a little bit eat into some of that space that the NFL gets only because of this incredibly rare case that the greatest player in the history of football of world football is playing here in the US so I th- yeah. you know other sports might not care as much like maybe Adam Silver in February is like hey it's all-star weekend no one's watching this shit because it's <laughs> opening weekend of Inter Miami like yeah. what the hell yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think his first match is going to be July 21st against Cruz Azul. I was not planning on watching that game a month ago, but now it's circled on my calendar and I will make sure I am, you know, either on my phone or on my couch watching that. So thank you guys for checking us out. That's it for our show today. Please make sure to uh, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Please make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're doing some cool things uh, on there with some with video, with shorts, and we're going to be experimenting a little bit more over there. So thanks, y'all. Thanks, Susanna. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>